From the Jennifer and Ted Stanley Studios in Boston, this is Living on Earth. I'm Steve Kerwood. President Obama has said time and again that he wants an all-of-the-above energy mix to help reduce U.S. dependency on foreign oil, tapping domestic oil, gas, geothermal, biomass, and renewables. Now, a new report from Bloomberg New Energy Finance suggests that all-of-the-above strategy is also reducing our emissions of carbon dioxide. And that's a good news message for the president as he seeks a new environmental team. He needs leaders for NOAA, the EPA, and the Departments of Energy, Transportation, and the Interior. Living on Earth's Bobby Bascom reports now on why emissions are shrinking. U.S. carbon emissions have gone down by 13% in the last five years to reach their lowest level since 1994. But there's no single answer as to why. Natural gas is a large factor. Developments in technologies like fracking have made natural gas abundant and cheap. Ethan Zindler is a policy analyst at Bloomberg New Energy Finance. Natural gas last year accounted for 31% of U.S. electricity consumption. That's up from 22% just as recently as 2007. And most of that growth has essentially come uh, at the expense of coal generation. Historically, King Coal reigned over the U.S. energy mix. Coal used to keep the lights on, but last year, natural gas turned on more lights than coal. And natural gas produces the same amount of energy as coal, with only about half the carbon dioxide emissions. So that explains a lot of our emissions reduction success. But not all of it. Again, Ethan Zindler. The other thing that's happened is that we've seen the approximate doubling of renewable energy capacity over the past four years. Uh, the wind industry set a record by installing over 13,000 megawatts of new capacity. Solar is more price competitive than we've ever seen before, even on a potentially unsubsidized basis. An electricity analysis in Texas found that wind and solar will be price competitive with oil and natural gas over the next two decades and will likely outperform coal. Renewables are on the rise, but they still generate less than 10% of our overall energy. Another reason for the savings is better energy efficiency. In the last, uh, let's say, 30 years, there's been about a 40% improvement in energy intensity among commercial buildings. In the use of energy for heat uh, or for cooling, there's been some very substantial improvements. But improved technology for energy efficiency is only part of the picture. We've also changed the way building efficiency is financed. Last year, we spent roughly $14 billion to reduce energy use, and half of that cash came from utilities. Building owners have a strong incentive to improve efficiency if someone else is paying for it. Efficiency has improved in the transportation sector as well. In August of last year, the EPA raised fuel efficiency standards for new cars. By 2025, they'll get nearly 55 miles per gallon. Those new standards, and gas at more than $3.5 per gallon, are spurring other changes in consumer choices. Last year, we tracked just under half a million hybrid electric and pure electric vehicle sales. Hybrids themselves, the Prius and others, are extremely popular now, and that represented about 3.5% of all automobile sales uh, on the road last year. Of course, a less than robust economy could also explain part of our decline in energy use. Some politicians argue that if we reduce carbon emissions, our economy will contract as a result. But Lisa Jacobson says that logic doesn't hold water. She's president of the Business Council for Sustainable Energy. 
between 2007 and the first nine months of 2012, we've seen GDP increase by 3% as a country, but our energy-related emissions have fallen by 13%. And also, we show in a similar time period, over 6% decline in energy use. So clearly, we can have strong economic growth, and we can still reduce emissions and protect the environment. At the 2009 climate conference in Copenhagen, President Obama set a goal to reduce U.S. carbon emissions. By the year 2020, emissions must go down 17 percent below 2005 levels. We're more than halfway to that goal and on track to meet it, but the things that we've done already were relatively simple. Dallas Birchaw is Senior Fellow at Resources for the Future. Regulators can do a pretty good job of seeing the low-hanging fruit and developing regulations to pick that fruit, to harvest that fruit, uh, and achieve emission reductions. The fruit that's higher up in the tree is harder for regulators to see. Those fruits at the top of the tree include improved regulation of existing stationary sources, like power plants and cement factories. We'll need to do that and much more to reach Obama's long-term goal, That's to reduce emissions 80% by the middle of the century. I don't think anyone sees the way to get there from here exactly. Yet, even if Dallas Bertrand says the path isn't clear now, he's optimistic. I am confident that we can get there if we start now and we do it in a smart way that provides incentives for the market to play its part in achieving emission reductions. But with almost all of President Obama's green team leaving and spending under pressure on Capitol Hill, it's not certain what incentives will be on the table. For Living on Earth, I'm Bobby Bascom.